KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. Nurses are incredibly important members of society, and they are chronically underappreciated. And as the COVID-19 pandemic drags on, they are being pushed to their limits and then some. Understaffing, larger and larger workloads, hostility from the very people they are trying to help in some cases, all making life more and more difficult for nurses. So what does this mean for nursing going forward? How bad could the nursing shortage we have already been experiencing get? We wanted to talk about the state of nursing, so we caught up with Dr. Maggie Harkins. She is the Dean of the School of Nursing and Health Sciences at Holy Family University. Interesting and important conversation. Give a listen. So to start, I will ask you a very sweeping question that I'm sure has different answers depending on where you are. But the state of nursing right now in the U.S., 18, 19, 20 months into the pandemic, how would you characterize it? It's rough. The state of nursing is very rough right now. We have um, we have many of our nurses who are at the bedside working uh, tirelessly with their patients and their families, trying to care for those at home as well. They're exhausted. They're uh, some of them are without PPE, the protective wear that they need, or they don't have the appropriate protective wear. They are struggling with dealing with patients who are dying. I, um, I spoke with one nurse who said that she has never put so many patients in body bags since this past year and a half. To that point, is there anything in our recent history, when I say recent, I mean 20, 30, 40 years, that compares to this? Like, I'm sure on a very micro scale, there are certain communities during a national natural disaster or stuff that have had to deal with this, but not for this long. And, you know, not just every day. This is, we're in kind of, you know, uncharted territory here, unless we go back 100 years to the last pandemic, right? Right. So so I've been in nursing for 30 years, and I've never seen nursing this bad. It is very challenging out there, especially those who are at the bedside. The ones that are at the bedside are doing 8, 12, 16 our shifts, they, they don't eat, they don't sleep, they go home, they cry. It, it's, it's, very, it's very distressing for nurses practicing today at the bedside. I've heard stories anecdotally as kind of on top of this is the people they're caring for being hostile to the care, which is something new because they people – don't want to believe that COVID is real. So as a ripple effect, they don't want to believe that they have COVID. So obviously this person's lying to them. And this is something I I can only imagine being exhausted and then having this layer of dealing with people that are hostile to you trying to help them. You know, you can, you can ask a patient who's been diagnosed with COVID uh, if they should have gotten the vaccine. And I can, I can pretty much guarantee you that they're going to say, I wish I got the vaccine. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is not something that the medical professions are making up. This is true. These people are sick. These people are dying. People need to get vaccinated. 
So I'm curious, because one of the things that was heartening for me is I've talked to uh, the deans of a couple of public health schools over the last year and a half, and as much fire as the public health departments are under from people who don't want to believe this is real, who are driven by their political beliefs, one of the things I was heartened by is, is they say that they've seen a swell of people enroll. They've seen a lot of people who want to help, who want to get into public health. Overall, are we seeing the same thing in nursing? Are we seeing people want to help, or is the pandemic pushing people the other way, or is it too early to tell? I think that's a twofold answer. I think um, we are seeing enrollment thriving, especially in our second degree programs. And um, those programs are for students who already have a degree in another profession. And for whatever reason, that profession did not work out for them. What they're seeing is when you take a look back at the past year and a half with COVID, you can see that the jobs that survived COVID are the healthcare jobs. Many of the other jobs folded. Many of, many of the companies could not, could not survive. Healthcare survived because we've got people in the hospitals. We need nurses. So people are looking at the profession as not only a way to help, and you have to, you have to say that first. Um, nobody goes into nursing without wanting to help people. That's the fundamental reason for being a nurse. But it also is a good career. And I think people are looking back at what jobs survived and which ones did not. Radiology is still there. Nursing is still there. All the healthcare fields, they're all thriving right now because healthcare is where COVID has impacted the most. We hear a lot about nursing shortage, and I'm sure that's true because of everything we have talked about here. Uh, the average person that isn't sick is lucky enough to not have to deal with the medical community other than, you know, getting a physical once a year, once every other year. Uh, why should people be worried about a nursing shortage uh affecting them kind of give me the the ripple effect of of what it means well what's happening is we have um individuals for their own their own reasons and i respect that they do not want to get vaccinated but the statistics are showing that those individuals are the ones that are getting covid so covid is taking up our icu beds our medical surgical beds in the hospital so if you are the average person who, luckily enough, only gets a physical exam maybe once a year, and you fall and you break a hip, you may not be able to get that bed that you need because our beds are being taken up by those who have COVID. So it is a ripple effect. Those individuals who are healthy, and I mean, thank God they're healthy, but it will eventually affect everyone. Do you think we will see, I say when the pandemic's over, I don't even know what that looks like, and I don't even know if we're to a point where we can get a grasp of, you know, when we're completely on the other side of this, if we ever truly are, but uh, do you are you worried about a lot of people that have been in nursing for a long time 
after we get through this saying, you know what, I, I can't do it anymore. I'm exhausted. And is the industry kind of bracing? Cause we talked about a lot of people want to get in from the other end, which is good, but could we see kind of a, a wave of institutional knowledge and experience go away because people have just had too much in addition to whatever we've seen already from people that, that just couldn't, couldn't take it anymore? Absolutely. I think what we're going to start to see, and we're already seeing it here, is individuals who are at the bedside. Many of them have bachelor's degrees, uh, if not more than that, but many of them have bachelor's degrees. And what I, I think is going to start happening is these individuals, because they are, for lack of a better word, some of them burning out, they are going to want to get into something that is different than bedside nursing, but still helping people. And a lot of that could be education, could be um, working as health coaches, things like that, that are not so much at the bedside. That bedside work is hard work. That is exhausting. And I, I've done it. I, I know exactly what it's like. And you go home, you after a 12-hour shift, you eat. If you're lucky, you sleep and you get up and you do it again. And, and you come home to your family members who, who want to be with you and who, who want to spend time with you. But you, you don't have the, the energy after working in the hospital at the bedside to do a lot of that. So you sacrifice a lot as a nurse. You mentioned burnout kind of in real time. Are there ways hospitals, the medical profession can help address nurse burnout because of the reasons that you have stated um, to maybe try to mitigate some of the, the losses that we could see of people walking away because they just don't want to do it anymore. Are there, are there things we can do? Or are we hand tied because we're in a constant state of emergency in a lot of these hospitals, there's not the ability to tell somebody, Hey, go, go take a few days off though. You know, go do this. You know, we're going to switch it to something a little less, you know, extreme. I, I, I feel like there's a lot of medical systems and hospitals that are caught that maybe want to do the right thing, but just literally can't. Well, and, and I'm not sure that um, they can't on the West coast in California, there is a staff ratio that exists so that for every X amount of patients, one nurse, it's, it's usually, I think it's four to five to one um, in California. We don't have that on the East Coast. So I think we really need to start addressing our, our ratio of patients to nurses. There are times where I would go into a hospital, an acute care hospital to work, and I would have upwards of 10 patients. That's an awful lot of patients to have. Now, if you're in a critical care unit, what I'm hearing out there is that those critical care nurses sometimes will have two, three, or four patients. And these patients are on ventilators. These patients require a lot of knowledge. They're on a lot of IV meds. They, they require a lot of bedside one-on-one. And when nurses are spread that thin, Hospitals need to realize they're going to walk. There's more opportunities out there for nurses. 
so why you mentioned we don't have the ratios on the East Coast? Feature or bug? Is that by design to keep costs down, or is it just something that had never been really considered or in negotiations was a lower tier issue when decisions were made? How would you kind of characterize that? Because when you pre- when you present it to me, well, of course, that makes complete sense. Why wouldn't you want to do that? So uh, how would you kind of characterize how that hasn't become standard industry-wide? I, I think it boils down to cost, and, and there is a nursing shortage. So you're not always going to be able to get the nurses to work the shifts that you want them to work. But there's also a uh, an attraction called money. And when nurses are able to make the money that they deserve through um, – caring for these these patients the, the amount of work they do and the amount of knowledge that is required for these nurses to take care of these patients that are not only COVID related but other other types of illnesses that they might have is incredible nurses need so much more knowledge than even 20 30 years ago when I first started practicing when we teach nursing students today <laughs> there's a lot of information that they're required to have and that's just at an introduction of a nursing career. That doesn't that doesn't coincide with all of the specialties that are out there for critical care and cardiac and neuro, all of those other specialties that require much more knowledge. Nurses need to get paid what they're worth. And if I'm talking to you two years ago, the idea of a nursing shortage, was it in place there and like a lot of things, the pandemic has just accelerated and e- exposed it. Uh, what was, you know, where was our situation pre-COVID? There's been a nursing shortage for a while. Um, there's also a faculty shortage. So we have a nursing faculty shortage on top of a nursing shortage. That 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 just, that's not good. I think COVID has exacerbated the situation a great deal. And required nurses to have more grit, have more stamina, and more than they ever had. And, and believe me, nurses are a very unique group of individuals. They really are, and and they have a lot of grit. They have a lot of a lot of stamina, a lot of caring that goes into their work, and a lot of energy and passion. But they can only take so much. They're human. Given what you said about what you're seeing with nurses on the way up, our current moment, what could be around the corner as the pandemic wanes, are you optimistic about the state of nursing, pessimistic, uh, cautious? How would you kind of describe, if you and I talk 10 years from now, what do you, you know, do you think the industry will be in a better spot about the same muddling through in real trouble? How do you, what do you think? I hope it's in a better spot because we're in big trouble if it's not. Uh, all of us who uh, need to go into a hospital for one thing or another, we we got to get our act together, and we we've got to start treating not only nurses, our healthcare professionals, uh, in addition, the all of those that are at the bedside, the, the certified nursing assistants, the radiologists, all of those ones that are there at the bedside caring for our patients and our loved ones. We, I hope that. Going forward, as we continue to see enrollment start to 
increase a little bit more, especially at our undergraduate level, that individuals recognize the importance of being a nurse and the stability of the job market. But we've got to treat them right. And we've, we've, got to, we've got to talk to our hospitals about making our staff ratios doable. That's not always the case. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.